From the studios of their respective lounge rooms, a team of pyjama-clad TV tragics ready to slice, dice and dissect the best and worst of what's on the box. It's TV Binge Box. Hello everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of the podcast. Absolutely nobody asked for, but you certainly all need TV Binge Box. I'm Dan Bennett. Yes, we are back to share our thoughts on what's hot and what's not on the telly this week. And we have a supersized show for you. A supersized self-isolation special, if you will. Jam-packed full of goodness. And to take us through it all and entertain your ear holes, as always, are our esteemed Binge Boxers, Steve Mulk. Hey, Mulkey. Hey, hey, here I am. Joe Casamento, are you surviving self-isolation and homeschooling? Uh, uh, I am, and please forgive my appearance on Zoom. I know you <laughs> listeners out there can't hear me, but I'm makeup-free. The hair, oh my God, I can't even deal with it. I'm going to be effing. Joe, you're rocking it. It's fine. No waxing. It's fine. I'll have a moustache. Effie's our favourite, so anyway, all good. We're all in the That's same right. boat. And Stephen Brooke, how are you home workouts going for you, Brookie? Uh, good. I'm on the 5BX workout, which was developed by the Royal Canadian Air Force in 1959. Story coming shortly. Oh, oh. oh we yes. can hardly wait for that one. Our picture's <laughs> coming shortly. I can't say too much, Joe, but yes. Oh, yippee. All right, no more time to waste. Let's get stuck into... Clap or Slap. Yes, it's clap or slap time. You know how this works by now. Brookie is first cab off the rank this week. Brookie, what's been tantalising your taste buds? In short order, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, <laughs> Octopussy, <laughs> A View to a Kill. All oh, on nine gem. Oh, and I tell you so what, much fun. if I disappear halfway through this taping, you'll know it's because I've stolen off to watch Pierce Brosnan in Goldeneye. <laughs> We oh, have advised Brookie that he can stream these oh. at any time he likes, but he does like to watch them. I am live supporting the local free-to-air industry by looking at that thing called advertising, which keeps the whole thing afloat. Very just good. toilet break, Had mate. big dramas about what to watch, but I thought, well, I'm in very esteemed company. In fact, I'm a member of a TV recommendation podcast, so I just followed everyone mm. else's suggestions from mm-hmm. last week. So, Mulk, I watched Star Trek Picard. Yes, And you know what? I thought it was really memorable. Hmm? Memorably bad. Oh, Oh. Brookie. (laughs) Episode one was possibly the worst Star Trek episode I have ever seen. And I've even watched Spock's brain. So that that hurts. It's going to be, I need a major persuasion to stick with that one. Joe and Dan, Tiger King. Oh, Oh. how much did you love it? Is there no, anything well, else on there TV? there is for me because Seriously. I lasted about 20 minutes. I was so <gasps> uncomfortable watching <gasps> that. Wow. Not only oh because of you... the beautiful wild animals stuck in cages, but I just thought the cast of characters were so thoroughly unlikable. And you didn't even mean I know, to but then I thought Carol Baskin is going to be the saviour oh. and I just instantly realised she is as horrible as... He is. Yeah, no, you've oh. got to push through. That's a rookie. I error. tell you what Next really you got me, to... though, is that those filmmakers had come along and seen these damaged, stupid people and thought, you know what? We're going to get a great Netflix series out of this <laughs> and just exploited the loss of them. Yeah, I do take that point. Well, you know they're making anyway. it into a film. No, so hard watch no. out. Anyway, yes. anyway we'll, we'll ask. We'll ask. It, we'll ask the question anyway. Is it a clap or a slap? No, no, no. That's not even my featured show. Featured show oh, okay. is actually Sorry. something oh. good. That oh. get to it, Brookie. I hope 
none of you have heard of before because that would you know that would make me feel good anyway I'm going to say something that might surprise you now. We don't pay enough attention to Canadian television. Mm -hmm. Sure. So I found a fantastic comedy series. It's incredibly filthy at times, but startlingly sweet at others. Nothing is shirked in its depiction of life in rural Canada. There's Christian youth group full of closet gays, violently repressed farm boys, bozo ice hockey jocks, ice meth addicts, and a sex-crazed barmaid. Oh, but Sounds good to me. Anchoring it all is the friendship between farm siblings Wayne and Katie and their best mate Daryl. I actually couldn't understand half of it because the dialogue is so fast and so quick and so clever and inventive that I actually watched some episodes twice so I could get all the jokes. The show mm-hmm. is called Letter Kenny and you can find it on SBS On Demand and it's my oh. new favourite. I have looked at that, so I'm going to look at that we'll now. Check Brookie, that one out, Bookie. Is that a clap or a slap? That's a clap. A very great clap. All right, Malk, you're up. What have you got for us? I've been trying to keep up, Dan, with all of the serialised programs that I'm watching. I've, I've fallen out of love with The Walking Dead again. Kills me, but they're on its last legs. I'm barely going to get to the end of the season. Uh, I, unlike Brookie, absolutely loved the finale of Star Trek Picard. Um, a little bit too neatly wrapped up with a bow, but I'm in. Bring on season two as quickly as you can give it to me, Amazon Prime. Um and it was absolutely next level for me. Better Call Saul this week. Outrageous. So fun. So good. The thing that I want to give my clap or slap to this week, uh, and I don't know how I can do both, but it's going to be Married at First Sight, which I know that oh, literally yes. millions ah! of us are watching. Huge yes. applause to the team, the producers that managed to pull together what is the most outrageous season yet. The start, the first part of uh, the final um uh, what do you call it? Dinner party that aired on Tuesday night blew my tiny mind. Like the reunion dinner party, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, and the 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 slap is for the fact that they moved the finale from Wednesday night to Sunday night to spoil Channel 7's House Rules premiere, uh, which is in you know Easter non ratings sort of period, to which Channel Seven have now counted mm-hmm. and moved it to Monday night. And Nine have promised they won't move it again. Big slaps, Channel Nine. I get its business. I get its competition. But at this time in this year, you don't go trying to sink the boot in that quickly, that hard. It's an interesting one, isn't it? So that's a clap and a slap. That's, how, that's a binge box first. Unique. Mark. Breaking new ground. Mm. Mm, yeah. What about you, Joe? What have you, you got to clap or slap for us this week? I do, I do. So... <clears throat> This week, like always, I've watched a lot of trash. Shards of Sunset. Any of you seen that? Seriously, tell me, fellas, this is gold. It is outrageously, deliciously foul. If the tiny, if the uh, start of the dinner party blew Mm. your mind, Steve, Malk, uh, this will, like, blow you on another next level. Hey, you, app, thank you (laughs) for being my lifesaver through divorce, through many moments, and I thank you greatly each night. Uh, To try and remind myself that I did once ducks my school, I then went to Stan and picked up on a historical show which um, I hadn't come across before, uh, Musketeers. It's it's British and it's obviously set in 17th century France, um, but it's really quite addictive. So, you know, if you're out for swashbuckling sort of musketeers and sexy guys with swords, this is one for you. 
Next up, I did a bit of a dreary Aussie show, The Gloaming or The Glooming or something like that. It has a lot of my favourites, Emma Booth in mm -hmm. it, um, Martin Henderson, you and Leslie. Yes. Three of my faves, yet I could not keep my eyes open. I persisted night after night and I just... What is it about Aussie shows? They're just so dreary. Oh, um, I thought gritty, that looked stunning. Though. I don't that was know beautiful what it is. footage of, mm. of Tasmania. It was shot yeah. in Tasmania, yeah. but it and it's about a murder, and maybe it's just not the right times to be feeling yeah. that depressed. I don't know. Um, so naturally, I did want to bounce back, and I'd like to say, great minds think alike, Steve. And maybe we should have mentioned this to each other beforehand. But I was going to give my thoughts of the week on maths, but I think that's okay because I think I'm actually in disagreement. Really good. Again. Uh, and I am going to say, like you, um, uh, well, unlike you, I am a major fan oh, of this series. I love the I'm drama. I love the height and reality, all of that. Um, but I have to say this series, I have been really disappointed and not with the cast yeah. they've chosen. Well, cast, you know, of characters that they've clearly, you know, done villains and, and heroes and all that sort of stuff. What is it about those three judge experts? They have yeah. to go, seriously. For me, it's really frustrating. It is a missed opportunity to perhaps, you know, we always talk about EQ these days and different personality traits and narcissists and, you know, people that are extroverts or people that might be empaths. And I feel like we need mid drama to stop you know when steve's clearly gaslighting mm. michelle and put a big bubble out that says Glas <laughs> gaslighting behavior and then go to one of the experts that says now you should see this and when you recognize these things please you know move away or step aside i think we're really missing some serious um expert guidance that to show all of those horrendous characters you know stacy at the dinner table last night Clearly just mm. in denial, like any, you know, narcissist who just thinks, I'll just keep yeah. denying, you know, um, and without actually showing us what it is. And then also there were moments where, and I'm no expert, I've been, you know, married and dated and, and lived with several men and different personality types, but I'm... You know, I can even tell that there were parts where certain couples could have just been given some very basic tools to communicate. So you're a fan so, of the show. Look, but... I might be reading too much into it. Fan of the show. They need to. I'm begging producers. Seriously, Trish, John, who's the other one? Are they doctors? <laughs> Get rid of them. They, they're just listening to – they're being fed <gasps> oh, pieces amazing. in their ears. We need some real guidance. So are you clapping or slapping? That's – I'm slapping. It's wow. enough with the All right, experts. Maths has got another slap. That's it for me. All right, me. because I'm a bit of a renegade, there's just one show I want to talk about this week because it's really sat with me, and that's the documentary Ben Cousins Coming Clean. Ooh. It's a 7 News special that aired on Sunday night yes. just gone. You can find it now on 7news.com.au or 7 Plus if you missed it and want to check it out. Hosted by Basil Zemplis. And as the name suggests, it's a chat with disgraced former AFL star Ben Cousins. For anyone who doesn't know, Cousins was at the height of his AFL career when he became embroiled with drugs and the problem only worsened over time and really started to take over his life. He's had a couple of stints in jail for drug-related charges as well as assault. He's been caught up in a nasty custody battle with his ex over the kids and it's been a tale of every time it seems Cousins is sorting himself out and getting back on track, there's another story of turmoil that emerges. So this special follows a 2010 documentary in a similar vein called Such Is Life, The Troubled Times of Ben Cousins, and promises an update with Cousins, sort of a no-holds-barred, no-questions-off-limits, coming clean, as the title suggests. And the documentary even opens with Cousins talking to camera and explaining that if him speaking the truth can even help out one Australian, then it's worth doing. But the problem is, he does everything but come clean and speak his truth. The entire thing 
is filled with prevarication and obfuscation when Cousins is asked about where he's at now in his recovery, which is probably because he's still patently in the grips of his addiction. There's some footage in this film where he is clearly not himself when he's talking supposedly off camera to producers. His rage and anger issues are also on display for everyone to see. At one point, he even boasts about his promise to kill people if they stand between him and his kids. This is a clearly unwell man Mm. with no Mm. responsibility for anything, blaming everyone around him for the situation he's in. And what makes it worse is he gets away with it. He's hit with Mm. a couple of hard questions from Zemplis. Are you still using and should you be in rehab? (laughs) Both of which he avoids answering directly. And Zemplis simply moves Mm. on, Mm. returning to his matey Mm. banter. I found the whole show to just be rage inducing mm. so here's the thing before i before i move on i understand substance abuse and i applaud anyone who works hard and is able to come out the other side and those are the stories yep. we should absolutely be shouting from the rooftops because they do inspire others yep. but this is not one of those stories not yet but, no. and let me also make no. it clear that my rage isn't directed at ben cousins here i feel for him deeply and i hope he gets the help he needs my anger here is at channel seven for running with this Setting out to tell a story from the other side is great, but as soon as they realised he wasn't at the other side, they should have pulled up stumps. Airing it feels really gratuitous to me, and I have to ask why. There's no message here other than don't be like this guy, and if that's the only message, then they shouldn't have paid him. He was paid for this. His lawyer has the funds and will apparently dole them out, but you don't give a man who is clearly still in the grips of his addiction money. You just don't. I gave the Seven News team Mm. huge props last week. They've been doing lots of good work, but this was a huge misstep. And Mm. yeah, it's a huge slap from me. Joe. what did you think? You are so right, Dan. Honestly, I think I uh, I, I was so disturbed. I picked up, uh, tuned in when Basil was sort of leaning quite, I mean, he's quite lanky and I do, I am a Basil fan normally. I I think he's the only person that could replace Koshy on Sunrise. But he was almost adoring. He was a bit fangirly. Yeah, there was an adulation, like a footy hero still worship thing going on. This is a man, as you said, who has been in jail for um, horrific statements to the mother of his children. It is an example of, and I'm not a believer in this, but an example of why some men should not be allowed Mm. near their children um, and and not have access. You are right about that, Joe. And Uh, at the crux of it is Perth and Channel 7. Channel 7 is a Perth. Mm. Perth is a Channel 7 town. You are right that Basil is a, a fanboy mm. because you know, Ben Cousins right. and the West Coast Eagles in Perth, I spent a couple of years there, were treated like gods. Nobody could believe right. his, his and drug that's why use. He's what he and is. Zemplitz would have grown mm. up as a kid adoring the West Coast Eagles. And I thought the interviews he did were actually the weaker parts of the documentary. Clearly, Basil is no Sarah Ferguson. Then there were those kind of they should have succession him on the of spot. bizarre yeah. cameo appearances by other people who popped in, like you know, current AFL stars. I who thought played he was tennis. auditioning for Home and Away. Yeah, Lynn McGranger was on, and yeah, it was. It's like, oh god, is that going to be strange? Mo, what did you can think? I did you have a look? Turn up in the cafe. Uh, look, I, I I understand all that, and I knew some of the stuff around Lynn's being involved in it and those sorts of things. I saw enough from the ads that I didn't want to watch it. Now, I'm not an AFL fan. I understand that it, people will consider it newsworthy and I'm sure cop great heaps from AFL fans for this. It raided its pants off in Perth, mm. did all right in Melbourne and okay in Adelaide and nowhere else. The yeah. rest of the country did not give a shit. Um, yeah. And in part, 
probably because they might have seen this tragic character and gone, we don't need to hear it. Like, I know who Ben Cousins is and how well, he fits. Who is he? Well, I know how he fits <laughs> into <laughs> that. <laughs> it was very clear that he is a dude who is not well. And, and yeah. you're right, I think that apart from, I agree wholeheartedly, Brookie, Basil, God bless him, who is a, a, a great interviewer at other times, was no Sarah Ferguson and we needed a Sarah Ferguson in this interview because mm. if we want to talk about somebody like Ben Cousins coming clean, then we don't step away from the hard follow-up questions. And that's yeah. totally what we missed. Um, I, I think that it was something that Channel 7 did absolutely out of a deep desire to get some ratings because heavens knows they needed it um, because they are languishing. And this gave them a very, very nice high point in what has been a very dreary Q1. 700,000 or something beat Dancing with the yeah. Stars but didn't beat the yep. Corona special on 60 no, Minutes. Yeah. It did okay, and I just I just don't think that this subject matter is something that we should be using to chase ratings, especially wanted given his, to, yeah. his health. I've Reckless. written a couple of well, I've written one feature about ice addiction, and I am keen to understand mm. drug addiction better. I just thought that Basil Zemplis didn't get cousins to mm. uh, talk about his experiences in a reflective or revealing way, and. Uh, maybe he should have gone in much harder, but in a yeah. in a week where we've had. But 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 Ben, he wasn't at that point, was he? He's got no. He's not in any position to take about accountability. It looks like he's looking for his next hit. He was scratching. I thought they should have drug tested him then on the spot. Possibly you know, you're right, but you know, even uh, people who uh, have such a, a a problem with the truth as pedophiles in the Sarah Ferguson documentary. She still managed to elicit insights from them, mm. even though you could argue that they're in a, a similar An space admissions. of self denial. Yeah. Uh, I just thought, I just thought, no, yeah, yeah, no. Sounds like we're Reckless. all united on that one. It's a slap from us, mm. unfortunately. Yeah. All right, mm. let's let's change the tone. Let's change the mood a little bit and go to mm. our very next segment, which we like to call Group Binge. Yes, break out the cardinate, it's group binge time. And this week, Joe's had us all watching a Netflix original, Joe. Oh, I did, I did. Oh, I love you, my binge box boys. I think, what did I put you through this week? So uh, this week, we set ourselves the task of watching the Netflix series Self Made, inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker, mm. which is based loosely on uh, the life of America's first black female yes. millionaire, not many outside of the black community would have heard of her before, I don't think, which is why I guess it was an important story to tell. It stars Octavia Spencer. <clears throat> she plays Sarah Breedlove, excuse me, and also comedian Tiffany Haddish as her daughter. It starts from her earliest days um, as a washerwoman. She was born in 1867, which is interestingly two years after slavery was abolished, which is a period I don't think we usually get to see. We usually see the slavery uh, parts and then we skip to the black rights, civil civil rights movement. So um, the film shows her journey to discovering an amazing hair care formula for black women, her struggle to be heard, her building her brand and basically ending up on top of the world with a hairline, beauty school salons, her own lab. In fact, her products are still sold today, believe it or not, boys, you can get them from Mecca. And yes, it's had mixed reactions. It's an inspiring story and an aspirational story 
uh, of defying the odds and keeping going. So I found it interesting that it has had those mixed reactions. I know what I thought. I think it will surprise you, but I'm going to go with you, yes. Malk, as I imagine this is pretty far from your normal viewing habits. It's right up my sleeve, you know, biopic, bit soapy, a bit of romance, a bit of history. Yep. Has all the ingredients I would love. But tell me, first of all, what did you think? I recognise that I am not the target demographic for this show. <laughs> um, that said, though, I appreciated the, you know, the level of production. They, you know, they tried to put it all on screen. Uh, and, you know, there, there was some great location stuff, some good mix of stuff on set. I, I really, in, in the first instance, I found the soundtrack jarring, but then it was almost halfway through the first episode and I got it. I kind of understood here is some retakes on some classic songs played in a specific style that fit into it. Um, it, for that first 20 minutes, I'm going, what is this? How does that function? Um, because they've got like I'm musical bits, don't to they, the story. And, and, and costumes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not wedded to the story. I'm not a bodice ripper. I'm not into, you know, flashy, you know, uh, drama, historical things. So, I mean, other people will like it. I did not. Okay. Well, that, that I, I actually guess that would have been your take on it. Dan, scripts are your thing and um, this is told in four episodes. One of our binge boxes at Spicy Ben. Oh, Spicy Ben. Mm. Sounds like a cool uh, listener of ours. Uh, said he enjoyed it but would have been better as a 90-minute telly movie rather oh, than yeah, drawn cool. out. What, what did you yeah, think? Yeah, that was probably my biggest gripe with it was the fact that it just felt a little bit too protracted. I think if it was a really tight 90 minutes, um, I would have liked it a lot more. Having said that, I did, I did, like, I did like it. Um, you know, a rags-to-riches story is always great to watch. Um, I think especially at this time when people are looking, you know, reevaluating what they're doing work-wise and what the future looks like, the idea that if you, you know, you can follow your dreams and create your own work and that can pay off. So I thought that was a really, you know, interesting central message at the heart of the story. Um, the performances were great. Octavia Spencer is a standout as always. I take the criticism that I read online about the age difference between her and Tiffany Haddish, but <laughs> yeah. I, it wasn't as jarring as I thought it might be. It bumped me the first time they're on screen together, but then I kind of went with it and it was kind of fine. But the thing that I really that I really liked most about it was from a production point of view, even though it's a period piece narratively, it's not treated as a period piece in the way it's shot and edited. It's fast paced, there's quick cuts, close ups, it's given yeah. a real sense of energy and dynamics that you don't usually associate with this genre and the music was fantastic too contemporary music which totally goes against expectations and the norm so they've really been able to tell a period story in a completely current way which i think will open it up to a, a whole range of new viewers and make it more palatable to people who ordinarily say i'm not keen on this period kind of stuff but i want to watch it so i thought it was really clever so my hat goes off to them um yeah the only downside for me really was the fact that four episodes felt too long i would have preferred a tight 90 minute movie <laughs> Yep. Um, and I thought it was interesting it's actually written or based on the books by her great great granddaughter which I thought said a lot about how it was very sort of one sided yeah. it was one view her great great granddaughter is cashing in is what it is <laughs> yeah sure is um, as, as a piece of bla about sort of black women post slavery their options how they were treated um, it is a piece of history we don't often hear about we often think the other thing that struck me was we often think of black yeah. versus white but not black man versus black yeah. woman at the same time. Mm. It's, and black yeah. woman so versus black woman. Yeah, right. exactly. A very good point. Yeah. So yes. I, you're right, I love history. And I was pumped at this right from the start where they had, during the title sequence, 
a series of black and white portraits of women mm. with different hairstyles. Because actually, back in the distant day when I was studying history at mm. university, we actually had an entire lecture, which I thought was going to be a huge joke, the history of women's emancipation through hair. Wow. But it was fascinating. Mm. It was all about how women's hairstyles changed mm. and how they were able to be liberated the most obvious mm. one when the bob cut came in in the 1920s. Uh, that was a liberation because mm-hmm. women didn't mm-hmm. have to spend so long doing their hair, etc., etc. Then I watched the first episode, and it might have been the gin and tonics talking. <laughs> but I spent most of that first episode wondering when French and Saunders were going to turn up. <laughs> because it just Gosh. seemed to be like a skit rather than... A proper program with all the music that's been discussed. I found the the boxing match that sort of popped up occasionally was bizarre, which really jarred with me. And that's why I could see Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders sort of wrestling up in the ring because I thought that was overkill. Second episode, I thought, improved for exactly the reasons you talked about, Joe. We got more of this historic era, which, correct, is largely ignored. Uh, and this fascinating rivalry between uh, Octavia Spencer's character and her rival, Addie. But then I was completely deflated when I did a bit of research and I found the whole thing is mm. built on a fake premise. Because you want to know who the first female black millionaire was? Well, it wasn't Octavia Spencer's oh. character, um, Madam C.J. Walker. It was actually mm-hmm. Addie who's presented as the villain of the piece. Oh, gosh. Oh, this. Oh, is that oh. true? Well, see, now we well, know that it was written by the great great IMDb yeah. true, which is good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's very. Yeah. That's totally, all your research boxes. I imagine she was an amalgamation yeah. Yeah, and, of characters because they clearly, and clearly needed we a talked about it. It's drama, so it's not going to be 100% yeah. historically mm. accurate, it, but when your key. Slogan mm. for how you're selling the show appears yes. to be a bit whiffly. Mm. Then I'm thinking, come on, come on. It's oh, mm. kind of ruin things yes. now. It's not that and accurate. I, I don't. I, I didn't think uh, the characters were I, great. I, I don't think they were really well realised. They seem very one dimensional. Anyway, Joe. Yep. That's me. What did Absolutely. you think? Super linear. Yeah. It was no, super I, I, linear. That's it. It was here. We're going. This is where we're going to end up. That's how yeah. we got there. Yeah. That's why it should have been a movie. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. This is the goody. This mm. is the baddie. This is. I thought there were a few things that uh, just to pick up on um, the Addy character. The one thing I did find interesting was that notion of if you are uh, half, you know, have a white dad. I think she had. So she was. She was considered more beautiful, and and how that played out. I, you know, I sort of hadn't really thought about that in in terms of black beauty but I thought also the other interesting thing that you picked up on Brookie was I was fascinated in some of those hair shots yeah. of when they were greasing the, yeah. the hair down the um, the seam of part, their part it was um, fascinating and you're right hair is so much I mean even in COVID-19 scenarios I think we're going to be hugely liberated yeah. it really is something that has kept us you know and black women straightening at all that product it is um it's it's that notion of you know being accepted into a white society really uh, so you know and can, that impossible standard of beauty so that was interesting but I can't imagine one that interesting more to you point, guys and if this makes Please. me sound prejudiced then so be it I don't care oh hang on I just would have much rathered I would have much rathered if the BBC had made this one rather than wow. Netflix because I just think yep. they would have done a much better mm. job. And, hey, I'm showing my age here, but does anyone ever watch yep. The House of Elliot, 
which was that nineties. It was a nineties historic drama, very similar. Um, Ooh, oh gosh, you'd love that? it. So it's two, you had a life. It's it's two ah. women. <laughs> You're revealing too much of me. It was, it was two women who set up a fashion house and it told the story of early twentieth century history through World War One and the general strike. Uh, and they set up their own fashion house in London and um, competed with the French and, you know, much simpler, done and on a lower budget, but I thought much more interesting things happening. House of Elliot. We will check it out. Yeah. There you are. Now, that might be my clap or slap next week. But I think you're right. I think it was what uh, Dan liked, which was updating it, bringing it in, you know, the modern. It felt a bit high school musical to me. That looked like the colours were wrong in the costumes. The wardrobe wasn't accurate. I, like you... Brookie love a BBC drama. I'm going to throw to you out of five, Malk. It wasn't your bag, but what I did get you give that it? people will like it, but you're only going to get a one out of me. I wouldn't even. That is no, hard. This is great. This is the first time Malk's been negative about anything. Oh, come ever. on. So... I did say other people might like it, Brookie. No, me, no, I'm one. applauding you. I just love that. One. I love that. Okay, Dan. Malk's give got it to some... us twist in his knickers or something i'm giving it i'm giving it three and a half stars because i thought there was lots of stuff to love about it i would have given it a higher score if it was a, a telly movie as i think it should have been but yeah three and a half for me and uh our fellow binge boxer laura vasquez beauty loved it she said she just started awesome. it she's on episode two and she gave it the uh high praise uh emoji so brookie how do you feel about I, it i uh... I, uh, the first episode, I was way disappointed, and I am currently midway through the second one, and it's slightly redeeming itself, so I have decided to stick with it, which okay. means it's oh, tipping over it? from a fail Positive. to a par, so I'm giving it three stars out of five. Gosh, how's um, the splinters in your bum? Very measured. Well, it's you know. anything <laughs> under two and a half, and I'm saying don't watch it. But this time yeah. I'm saying stick with it, but you know what? I'll tell you next week my final verdict. Maybe Laura can hit me up on Twitter and explain to me why I'm wrong in the in a nice way. But it's I nah, it's not for me. One hundred percent, Joe. What about you? I thought I was being harsh, but you boys really know some levels. I am going to also give it a three. It's watchable but not missable. If you don't zone in, you're not missing yeah. anything. Uh, look, hated the wardrobe. Very high school musical. Disappointing and superficial. I'm going to give it a three, okay. though. Which you know, we're sort of we're, apart from Malk's very harsh score, we're sort of in the average zone with this one. That's self-made on Netflix. Why don't you guys check it out and drop us a line at TV underscore binge box and let us know what you thought about that and also about the Ben Cousins doco and anything else we've talked about because we'd love to hear from you as always. Next week, a slightly different group binge. We're changing tone a bit more we're changing genre what have you got yes. for us next week we're moving into reality and free to air land uh, friends i want us to tune into house rules high stakes now what? at time of recording it is going to air monday <laughs> tuesday wednesday thursday yes. next week and we'll dive into previews as much as we can uh, but you'll certainly get you know two episodes under your belt three episodes under your belt before the uh series comes out oh, we'd love to know what you think there are big changes in New host, right? Season. Jamie Dury is hosting uh, now that Joe Griggs stepped away, made the choice to leave, upsetting Channel 7 oh, executives. Controversial circumstances, yes. I remember. Oh, 
Oh, we love Joe. We do jo. love Joe, and she, to she her great credit, there? chose to leave because she mm. was not happy with how some contestants had been dealt with. Um, Abby Way is joining oh. Jamie as co-host. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen returns. Uh, we have uh, the well-known interior designer Kylie Clark. Um, she's one of the judges and Saul Myers never heard of him he's the other person that's falling into uh, the judge category Uh, Carolyn Burns McCrave returns as kind of the site manager and assistant to the guys the big hook this year they're not renovating each other's houses they are renovating a penthouse well that's just the first round I think I think the first round they renovate the penthouse and then they go to each other's they are going to be lucky to see me get past that well, I am very unhappy with this choice. I am just putting that out there now, but Good. I will watch it uh, because I do think the Australian industry needs to be supported. Yes, that and is it's correct. about stretching all of our boundaries. If I had to watch the head thing, you've got to watch the building thing. Oh, okay. So next week's episode is Mulk's Revenge, episode four, <laughs> Mulk's Revenge. That's what it's all about. All right, thank you, Mulk. We'll, oh, I we'll love watch it. that one, and we want you to watch along at home too. Uh, drop us a line, as I said, at TV underscore binge box. Let us know what you think. Shocking celebrity secrets. It's Justin Bieber's word against mine. Backstage drama. All of a sudden, Dolly Parton walks into the room. And controversial opinions. I'm not saying she's been approached. I'm saying this is what I'm hearing is the crunching options. TV Black Box, the podcast where people who've worked in the TV industry spill their juiciest stories. Julie used to like to drink on set. TV Black Box, available in your favourite podcast feed. All right, so usually at this point in the show, we'd go to our rewind segment, but Malk has been bumped again. Yes, second week running Malk. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, But we did go go a bit long in our clap or slap, so... Malk, you you think this wasn't planned? Yeah. (laughs) We may or may not get to Malk next week. We'll see if we feel like it. I am dying to know. Yeah, me too. Uh, Just an update on our Sarah Ferguson interview. We had planned to bring that to you this week. Unfortunately... We can't do that at the moment. If we have a chance to chat with Sarah down the track, we will absolutely do that. Uh, But Revelation is available on ABC iView from now, so check it out. Uh, All right, team, that is us for another week. Wow, look at us go. As always, to Mulk, Joe and Brookie, where can we find you all on the socials, Mulk? I'm at Steve Mulk. And while you're there, make sure you swing by your favourite podcast thing. Rate us. Give us a five-star yes. review. Let us know what you think because we would love oh, to say, hey, man. people love us because we're very needy. <laughs> Joe. Only yeah. nice reviews yeah, allowed, yeah. right? Um, I am at Joe Casamento one or at Joe.Casamento on... Wonderful. and Brookie. Viscount Brookie on Twitter and Instagram. Mm. Uh, see you there. Fantastic. And I'm at Dan and Bennett on the tweets. Drop us a line anytime. As we've all just said, we're very desperate and needy, so make us feel loved. (laughs) No, Um, (laughs) said I was. Don't think I've forgotten that. Uh, Thank you to you all for listening to our supersized self-isolation special. Try saying that three times fast. Um, Stay safe, everyone. Stay inside and tune in to all the great TV there is on offer at the moment while we're all squirreled away. Uh, And make sure you join us again next week for more Binge Box. Until then, we're out. Bye.